0: Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and f*** all tomfoolery with your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Welcome to episode 66 of the Degenerates Clubhouse. Couldn't think of a cold open, so I was like, looked up where are supposed to be the 100 funniest jokes of all time. I don't know if this qualifies, but... Uh, the One one of the ones I found said, uh, one day, my father came back to see me sitting in front of a roaring fire, which made him very angry because we didn't have a fireplace. And I was like, oh no, too soon. I'm sorry, Superior. <laughs> I didn't mean oh, to. Oh yeah, that was just uh, last week. Right? I know. Too soon. Too soon. How dare uh, you. I, I, I really want to meet the people who come up with these lists. Like, we're... One, like, w- what is their sense of humor? Because I was going through them. I'm like, oh, that's not funny. Chances are it's some, like, fucking
1: uh, intern, like, giving, like, been given, like, this shitty article to research and write about. I don't think it's somebody, ser- like, a serious journalist.
0: That's got to be it, right? They're just like, all right, the clickbaitest headlines, hundred jokes, and they're just searching lists of jokes, and, like, I, I that kind of made me laugh. Like, I told my wife she was drawing her eyebrows too high. She looked surprised. <laughs> <laughs> i like that one
1: <laughs> one of my former bosses put um something about the uh my husband saw a roach in the bathroom and then this and then like proceeded to like clean and disinfect the entire bathroom and like day two i'm gonna put the roach in the bathroom get it because she's you know she wants her husband to
0: clean i get it <laughs> here's another one mona this is a bit of uh, of advice for you oh in case you ever want to go skydiving Oh, you don't actually need a parachute to go skydiving. You only need a parachute to go skydiving twice, right? Yeah, that one was not as good. We're we're gonna we're gonna move on. <laughs> 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 <When he's, laughs> two, I was this is I I, I saw a future. There, there is an alternate reality where I just keep scrolling through this list until trying to find one. That is actually funny, and we just keep going and keep going, and that's the whole episode. just telling <laughs> shitty jokes. Hey, Mondo. <laughs> uh-huh. but, but let's get right ahead, because I'm, I'm interested to see how this turns out. Okay. We're going to try a new segment. Another new segment. Like, this is like the 20th new segment. No, it's... <laughs> we, we've only... We've had one other new segment.
1: Uh, yeah. If you were to go back and listen, we've, like,
0: introduced a bunch of segments that we kind of, you know, here and there. I, I think this one's a keeper, because... Okay. You know, in, in the Florida Man segment, we, we look at degenerates of the present, right? Maybe, maybe even some degenerates of the future, but we never really look at degenerates of the past. Um, True. And there's a lot to learn, right? Like, how how can you, you move forward if you don't know your history? Uh-huh. So we're introducing a segment, degenerates history. Because <laughs> yeah, as it turns out, there's a lot of... Uh, strange and kinky things and a lot of degenerates uh, through the annals of the history books. The annals, Mondo. Calm down. <laughs> the annals. He knew exactly what I was... <laughs> I, I, just... <laughs> I think he meant annals. Well, that too. It's, <laughs> it could <can> be both. <laughs> um, so, so th- this uh, article I sent you, I don't think the, the subject of the article was necessarily a degenerate but there, there are a lot of degenerates in her orbit, right. so to speak. Yep. So without further ado, let's get into the first uh, segment of Degenerate's History. Degenerate's History. Four-legged woman. Myrtle Corbin was born with
1: four legs. I don't know how to pronounce this medical term, clinical term. It's like D-I-P-Y-G-U-S. So it's dipygus? Could D- be. Dipygus? I don't know. Is an extremely rare birth defect. At some point in fetal development... The torso splits in two, above a single body, below two parallel bodies, with all external features and internal organs duplicated. I'm not entirely clear how similar dipygus
0: is to a conjoined or parasitic twin. Some sources link the two, but others describe dipygus separately. Well, so, okay, so I actually, I was wrap my head around this, right? And the, the way some of the other articles explained it, that were a little bit longer, was it was like, essentially she was a conjoined twin, except her other twin like only grew basically from the waist down. Mm-hmm. So it was like, she was, she was attached at the hip to her, her other twin, but her other twin was just all, all, all the lower half. Yeah. Um, so just to, 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 paint a picture of this woman, it's like, she's got like a normal torso and then she's got like two normal sized legs on the outside. Although one has a club foot, meaning it's sort of like clubbed and twisted inwards, but then she has these two little legs In between her two normal-sized legs, yeah, that apparently she she could like kick and move. It looks like if she sat. It looks like she's sitting on
1: Vern Troyer. You know what I mean? Like she's like just a normal-sized kid sitting on top of a midget. (laughs) Ah, let me out! Let me out! That's what it looks like. Born in Tennessee in 1868, Corbin had four legs: two small central legs, one outside leg with a club foot, and an outside leg.
0: Oh, I just described all this. Okay. In fact,
1: her whole body split right above the waist. Corbin had two pelvises. She could kick her smaller legs, but mainly got around by on the larger two. In 1881, she joined a sideshow. Guys, spoiler alert. Just focus. She had two pelvises. Continue, Mondo. <laughs> uh, she joined a sideshow and spent several years being gawked at for money. Corbin married, and in 1887, complaining about pain in her left side, a doctor discovered that she
0: was pregnant just to stop you, she it was it was not only that she was in sideshows, she got she worked her way up through the like I guess there was a sideshow circuit. Like they didn't have reality television back in the day, right? There was no Jersey Shore. So if you wanted to see a train wreck, you went to uh you know, a circus or I guess I guess there were like smaller like sideshows where it's like, see the bearded lady, see the yeah. and she, she eventually got to the point where she was like a pretty featured act for barman Bailey. Uh-huh. And she was making four hundred and fifty bucks a week back then. That's a shitload of money. Dude, she was balling, balling like.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so they did. Doctor discovered she was pregnant. Having two pelvises, it turned out, meant that she also had two uteruses. This pregnancy was on the left one. When she was told this, Corbin famously said, "If it had been on my right side, I
0: would come near, believing you are correct." That okay? That that was the part that fucking tripped me out because I was like, "Wait, what?" so so this this i've broken this down i've okay. worked this out my right and this is where like this has to be in degenerate history okay um she yes she had two pelvises and she she, she, she preferred to get banged on the right one <laughs> so she didn't believe the doctor that she was pregnant because <laughs> she's like no we have sex on my right pelvis not my left pelvis yeah what the hell there's no way how could this happen that's interesting and the, the other part, they don't go into detail. You think she had two vaginas? Yes, she did. Oh, <laughs> wow! That that was the whole that's the whole t- two pelvises part. So she yes, she has two two had Dang. had two vaginas. So you
1: kind of had a three or a two and a half some.
0: <laughs> well, she she could she could have a threesome and people wouldn't have to share. Yeah, I mean, in, in theory, I guess. And uh, yeah, the other part was like her her husband. I can't I can't remember how they met, but. I guess he really did love her because he was like, "No, no, this isn't about the money." Because she, again, she, she was balling. She's a celebrity, you know. She she's like the Paris Hilton of her time. Um, <laughs> but uh, he was like, "Let's get you out of being a sideshow act." Yeah. And so he like he just, <laughs> just wanted to like settle down with her on the farm, which is what 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 he did. And apparently, when they settled down on the farm, they were banging, but mostly on the right side. Continue.
1: Yeah. Uh, because she was in considerable pain. Corbin received a medical abortion that time. At at four months, not legal in Texas. (laughs) Uh, But she went on to have five children, all healthy and hearty. She died in Texas in 1928. Her coffin was sealed up with concrete to dissuade potential grave robbers.
0: That's fucked up.
1: (laughs) Can you just imagine the pickup line her husband? Hey, baby, I see you got four legs. I've got three. (laughs)
0: That was a good one. Thank you. I'm thank gonna. You. I'm gonna hold on. Let me write that down. And I'm gonna send that to these fucking editors who are trying to come up with the funniest jokes of all time. Yeah. That should be on the next BuzzFeed funniest jokes article. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate funniest it. Funniest jokes of history. Be,
1: I see. What's kind of weird to me? So she's got two pelvises, and I guess are they? So they're side to side. They're not one on top of. It? I, like I don't understand. Yeah, the, they're, I think they
0: were side, side to, to side.
1: Because I'm like looking at the picture, and it looks kind of. It looks creepy. It looks like the two little legs like belong to either a younger child or a midget. So it's like uh-huh. if it was in the middle, it'd be like your fucking little kid. It's kind of, I don't know.
0: It's just freaking me out. So, so when when I read this article, I was like, okay, there's I see I see three categories of degenerates in this article. Uh-huh. The first was her dad, because apparently when she was born with four legs. The, the scientific community, such as it was at this time, was like, "Whoa, what's going on?" Like, we need to study a little bit closer. And they did remark how similar his dad and his mom looked. Um, oh, so, so uh, you know what? Who knows? But even even if, if she was not the product of incest, her dad was like, "You know what? <laughs> I, I have I have this uh, daughter who's got a disability, a deformity. I know." We're gonna stick her in a sideshow. Yeah, because he was the one who pushed that. He's like, I'm, I'm I want to get my money. So, and then two was her was her husband who who by all accounts like loved her and and they had children together and everything. But this guy, I mean, he, in in the scope of fetishes, yeah, I'm like, holy shit. Do
1: you, you know, because okay, so this is this is I, I'm pretty sure this is fa- I might be making this up. I think this is fact though. <laughs> So, like a, like a woman's vagina, if it has not had, like if she, she's not fingering herself, hasn't had sex, it tends to kind of get smaller. Like it, it starts to retain its normal size. So, like if you're a chick, you get banged in luck, your vagina gets big and sloppy, and, you know, the pastrami meat shit happens. Is that, but it,
0: you stop using medical terms, Mondo. Yeah. <laughs> Dumb it down for the audience, but
1: but I think if you go like so, if you go without, like if you be- become celibate, it starts tightening up. So I'm wondering if his fetish is like, oh, I'm only gonna be banging the right side and let the left vagina recover, and then mm-hmm. I'm gonna go back to the left vagina and let the right one. So he's almost always banging like tight. I,
0: <laughs> I, I can't imagine like. So, so like he sees her at a sideshow and he's like, do you think he like worked that all out? Oh yeah. Or he goes I, up, I and he's like, could you explain the inner workings of your anatomy to me? Because <laughs> I, I my, my good madam, I am a reputable gentleman, but I also enjoy tight posts Do you
1: know what I just <laughs> thought of? I wonder if she was into anal. So then she's got two buttholes and two vaginas, or does she just have one butt? She's got
0: to have two buttholes too, right? I, you know what? It did not say in the article. I'm assuming it says she's got two pelvises,
1: dude. So she's got two buttholes. I mean, she's got to wipe like her left butthole and her right butthole whenever she shoot. Unless she just has like one digestive tract and the, the, one butthole. Was like, Mundo, a- this is
0: a rabbit hole. I think we should only go <laughs> so far down. I think you've already gone a little bit too deep into that hole already. Yeah, You know what yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying. So, so let's just say her her husband on the level of there's like like foot fetish is like level one. Yeah, and he's like level ninety nine maxed out on on the fetish scale. I mean, that's that is astra- You know, and, and you know. Kudos to him. I give you a golf clap, sir. Br- brings th- uh th- Through the, the uh, history of time and space, because, like, holy shit, man, you found your kink. It Brings new to light, like, the uh, definition of uh, double vaginal, double anal. It, I, I suppose. <laughs> Dude,
1: do you, do you think she... So she had a husband, but do you think she was, like, a little bit of a slut? Like, she just had gangbangs and, like, had, like, four different dudes attacking each hole?
0: You know what? Again... I'm gonna, I'm gonna not. You are very focused on this, Armando. I don't know because the picture
1: doesn't say it. The, the 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 article doesn't give a whole lot of uh, detail. I guess it doesn't give a whole yeah.
0: lot
1: of yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look up the definition of the de, de and like get like the or whatever and get like the definitive like this. Is there two buttholes and two vagines?
0: Holy shit! We 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 learned how. Ma- Armando's teachers in high school had to teach. <laughs> we, we, we can get Armando super interested in genetics and science, uh, science as long as there's sort of like a, an anal aspect to it.
1: Dude, would you hit that? Like, it's like she's like a she's like a real life centaur. Like, would you hit that? She's not a real life centaur.
0: She's got four legs. She doesn't have a tail. I mean, that's the sexiest part of a centaur. Okay, she's, knows. she's
1: she's the closest to a real centaur that we can or we have.
0: No, I think that'd be a pass for me, dog. I don't know, dude. She's not attractive, but... Uh, apparently, in some of the articles, they kept talking about how she was regarded as being really pretty, and I'm looking at the pictures, like, I don't see it, articles. But but just to, to finish up the, the list of degenerates, we had her dad, we had her husband, and then the fact that they had to cement her grave from fucking grave robbers...
1: Yeah, people stealing her shit.
0: That's the worst of the worst, because it seems like the husband was pretty well-meaning. The dad, that's a little bit scummy, robbing a grave that's just the worst of the worst so you know what the fact that she managed to have a reasonably normal life she made bank and she had five, what did it say five kids yeah five boys or five kids five and, children and she lived to the ripe old age of 59 10 more years and she would have just it would have been like the degenerate trifecta she didn't quite <laughs> uh, yeah make it. Th- this was uh this was our degenerates in history once more what was her name myrtle corbin myrtle corbin we salute you uh, and that was it for uh,
1: Degenerate History. <laughs> I don't know if you learned anything about history at all. It was just kind of a fun fact. Uh, I,
0: I, you know, hey, what the hell? Um, sure, we, le- we learned about this genetic disorder that we don't know how to pronounce. We we, we learned about the inner workings of the anatomy of the Degenerate History. There, there was history, there was science, there was everything, a little bit of everything.
1: We are now going to ride our noble centaurs... To the wonderful world of Reddit. Was that one a good one? That was amazing. Oh, no, thank you. Uh Reddit question number one. <laughs> Aaron, what's an unspoken rule that annoys you when people don't know about it?
0: That's a great question. I didn't think of an answer. Do you have one? Yeah,
1: I have one. So uh, there is an unspoken, like kind of a kind of a bro code, okay? A couple points to the bro code. If if homegirl, if a girl like you're kinda, you know, talking to it don't matter if she's flirty. If she's taken, you are not to respond. You are just be like, "Hey, man, you got a you got a dude." Sorry, but that's an unspoken bro- There's so many dudes that are like, "Fuck it, I'll be," you know, "I'll be Sancho." Like, it's just not cool. Like, if she's got a. If she's in a relationship, leave it be. That's bro code rule number one. Bro code rule number two: If your buddy is dating a gal and whatever they break up, things don't go the way you know smoothly bro code says you're not to date your your bro's
0: ex-chick that's just an unspoken rule and uh what if it was your just hypothetically what if it was one of your former athletic teammates girlfriend and they've been broken up a year and he'd moved on and was dating and you weren't that good friends if you weren't that good friends and the whole notion of bro code is out the window because i'm talking
1: about like bro code like this is like hey these are your buddies. If it's a dude you could give two shits about, game on, Fuck her. You know, do whatever boner in her second uterus or second pelvis or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's the unspoken rule that annoys me. I've had you know friends that have clearly just crossed the line, and 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 uh, maybe they weren't introduced to that unspoken rule as as uh, as young men. But that's my unspoken rule. What about you, Aaron?
0: You know what? I was thinking about it. The one that probably irritates me the most personally is there's some basic trail etiquette like when you're out oh, on a yeah. trail hiking what what have you people don't really respect this it's like wh- whoever has the more difficult path like because yeah. particularly in colorado like sometimes you're going up a trail you're going down a trail it's like the person who has the easiest path should get out of the way yeah. if the you know two two different parties are crossing. So I.e., like,
1: e, if you're going downhill, let the uphill climbers let them get the right away. Exactly,
0: and this really irritates me in uh, specific. <laughs> I just got a little tongue tied. It irritates me in the specific instance where I'm going uphill and there are bikes coming downhill. Yes. And and I understand it. I understand from the biker's perspective of like, ooh, I just I bought my my four thousand dollar mountain bike. Yeah. And oh look, I worked so hard to get to this top of the mountain and now I just want to cruise down, you know, super fast. Yeah. I don't I want people to just get out of my way because like this is this is what I did all this work for but there's been times where i've been trail running where i've been tr- like trying to train and i'm ru- literally running up a fucking mountain yeah right and it's real hard to at least for me sometimes in some of those those steep inclines where it's like you got to you got to kind of like build up your speed like you got to get that right like forward leaning angle it's tough and then if you stop you have to regenerate all yeah. the momentum you just see a a cyclist like flying down and it's like what do i do either yeah. either i potentially get in a head on collision with the bicyclist or like, I have to stop and get out of the way there. There's only in one time where I was just like, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. And he just hit me. Yeah. a piece of shit. And, and he kind of like bounced off and then kept riding. But one of these days I'm just going to get in a, end up getting in a fist fight yeah. with one of these dickheads. And you know what? I, I said it's unspoken, but there are literally signs yeah, on yeah. some of the trails that like explains it. And, and they, they give you a, a, in case you're too dumb to understand there's pictures so to, to show you how you're supposed to yield to other people and these dickhole not even asshole, they're dickholes because they're little tiny holes. Uh cyclists never do it. Drives you know, me nuts. You know what's interesting about that is that you can tell based on the
1: unspoken rule that you just mentioned, you can tell like which people are like the seasoned IE or seasoned uh, uh hikers and or bikers because they they like have these unspoken rules are already like oh shit i'm going downhill i'm gonna bike these people are struggling or give them the right away or like people that like like large group like there's a bunch or even people that go biking on the ones that say no biking allowed like mm-hmm. it's just a trail for pedestrians and you have assholes that are like nah i'm gonna do what the fuck i want like those are just inconsiderate
0: pieces of shit but yeah i i agree with your unspoken rule it's just basic courtesy right mm-hmm. like if you're walking into you know a door in a shop and someone's carrying a bunch of packages, like you open the door and you let them go through. It's just, you know what? You know what cyclists? Is this the way your mama's raised you? Yeah. Is yep. this how they raised you to be inconsiderate yesterday? I,
1: yesterday I, w- I went to the Kansas City Chiefs versus Denver Bronco game. my um, I, I, I got a free ticket from my company because I'm a badass. And I went and got beers for one of the other coworkers I was with. Is, wait, but just—is that officially
0: why you got it? We're like, yeah. Armando, it has come to our attention that you are a badass. So, this ticket
1: is your reward for your badass. So, so they told me it was like, "Hey, you're you're the top performer in Denver, and and we have this extra ticket. We want you to have it." And and then there, at one point there was even a fourth, like a free another extra ticket. They're like, "If you have a one of your top customers take them," but I couldn't I couldn't find anybody, so we just gave that ticket to somebody else. Anyway, yeah, I'm a badass. Um, but so I'm carrying these two beers and, uh, from the concession stand, obviously I've got, I don't have a tray. I'm, I am have my hat like they're in my hands mm-hmm. and they have all these like guest relations people like opening and closing doors and this fucking fat male guest relations guy was like, like they were coming one way through the, through the, through a closed door, like a glass closed door. Mm-hmm. And I was going the other way and like they, obviously there's two of them. It's, it's the fat guest relations guy and like some random patron of the game he opens a door for the chick hot you know blonde young chick and doesn't bother like doesn't think to keep it open for me to walk through with my two fucking beers and just walk do 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 just kind of i was like you fucking idiot you asshole what the fuck just because she's hotter than me dick <laughs> anyway sorry I got hot real quick. So that was it. Let's see what Reddit says. Uh, Reddit user God underscore 69 underscore Lel writes, don't block the footpaths. If you're waiting for something, move move off it to the side. I hate people that don't use proper grammar. Uh, We're not obligated to walk around you because you have an ego. Yeah, that happened to me. Kind of similar, not really. I was in my company truck coming through here, and we have our post offices like on the street side, mm-hmm. and our and our landlady, whatever, was like, "It's like just if you need to, just pull up your truck to the car and get out, open the box, and then just move on." There was like a resident in in the apartment complex that just kind of like just decided, "I'm going to park here, turn the flashes on, and I was having a full blown conversation with some other motherfucker," and I'm like, "Meanwhile, I'm like." behind them and i'm kind of hoping they would get the picture like okay move on or if you're going to have this conversation move it somewhere else you're like blocking this shit but they're like they saw me they made eye contact with me and they're like oh you know we're gonna we're not moving pieces of shit We should murder them i want to right now let's do can we stream it why not we might have more viewers that way uh user blue shift glass writes let people know when you have them on speakerphone Especially when your husband, wife, partner, friend, or any other human is within earshot.
0: No, that would ruin like half the stupid rom-coms out there. Yeah, where it's like ah, oh, they didn't know we were on speakerphone, and now we've revealed this. That that is a a device that's used in so many poorly written shows and movies. So yeah, I guess I guess if you're just not a fucking idiot and you have common courtesy, you don't create problems for other people, huh? We're seeing a theme, Armando. Uh-huh. A theme is developing in all these answers. Yeah, uh, it happens a lot with
1: me too. Like in my in my line of work, my truck's got the Bluetooth whatever thing, and like if I have my boss riding along with me or something like that, I'm always like I call the customer like Hey, by the way, you're on speakerphone just in case they say some stupid shit. Like me and my customers have a, most of them have a pretty good relationship where they curse me out, I curse them out. It's just all like in good fun. We're just joking with each other. But if my boss is there, I don't want them to I don't want them to be like hear them saying like Hey, fucker, what are you doing? Or you know what I mean? Like it's like, uh, my boss is writing shock of me. Don't, don't be mean right now. Like hold your, hold your, uh, hold your tongue. User Tress underscore chill writes when you're in the elevator with a group of people and get to the bottom and it opens and a handful of people lurch forward to get in. Now we are standing there face to face in gridlock. During this moment, you say to yourself, how long until they realize they are the ones who have to move or you're not going to get out of the elevator
0: ever? Nope. Just front. Front kick, teep, right to the chest. Boom. And then you exit. That's how you do it. Yeah. that's That should be, I think you should be allowed. If they don't immediately back up, you just front kick right to the chest. And I think, I think if you look in Yo, some of those, those old Isparta. etiquette books, yeah, exactly. They're like, this is the proper way and the polite way to proceed. So anyone listening, you have my full permission.
1: I'm going to read a couple more. And that will Um,
0: stand up in court in the assault case.
1: User Joykill01 writes, Stand two meters back. Two meters. You know they're from Europe. Stand two meters back from the airport baggage carousel. And when you queue. If everyone does it, then enters that ring to grab their luggage and leave, then everyone can see their luggage that it comes in and no one is jostling. It never occurred to me until I was traveling in South Korea and they had a weight line around the carousel that everyone stood on. It was remarkably efficient, and I wish the rest of the world adopted it. I don't know. I, 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 though I agree, I'm going to say that I am one of those people that like stands right up against the motherfucker because I want to grab my bag and get the fuck off and 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 go. And so, yeah. I, their
0: point is, if you do what they're saying, then you can still do that, but everyone else can see their bags. Yeah,
1: I know. Right, like I said, I, I admit I'm, I'm probably one of the culprits. Filthy American savage. <laughs> Last one. I'll read. Uh, user Sloan, If someone says they're not drinking tonight, don't make them feel bad or imply they're being boring. Yeah.
0: I guess. I didn't know that was an unwritten rule, but I could fall into the category of just not being an inconsiderate douche. Don't be a douche. That was it
1: for Reddit question number one. Yeah. Reddit question number two, and I like how it says serious, serious replies only. Who is the most evil person you've ever met?
0: Got it. Here, I I can start on this one. Okay. Um, I I think I've talked about this before, but... There, there was uh, when I was a a assistant coach uh, coaching women's lacrosse. We'd always go out on these, these like recruiting you know tournament vi- visits where it's you're, you're going to go out, you're watching games, and then you, very very frequently after the the games were over for the night, you end up going out with other coaches like having dinner like that kind of thing. There was one night I, I, you know we went to a pretty nice restaurant. There there was an assistant coach for another team. That I just I just got like the worst vibes from like I literally like he made my skin crawl like I got those oh, I think this dude is a serial killer. Mm-hmm. and it was tricky because I'm trying to think of like an equivalent. it was it was like one of those movies where like the guy's a really like terrible person like you know he's a murderer, mm-hmm. but he's trying to be very charming and he's like telling jokes and like but like from the context of your movie like oh, he just like murdered seven people. And now he's—that he, was the feeling I got from him, and they—they they got really upset with me because they're like, "Why are you being such a dick to Adam?" Uh, and I'm like, I at the time I'm like, I don't know how to explain that I think this guy's a fucking serial killer, and he's—I'm positive he's a sociopath. My little sp- spider sense for sociopaths is going off, <laughs> and I'm—and they're—and le- I'm like, he's like telling jokes, and he seems to be making them laugh, and it's hard to say in that context. Oh, because even though I've just met him and you've known him for like two years, I can tell he's a sociopath and you can't. And like, I wouldn't sleep around him if you think he would stand anything to gain from killing you. So I was just like, I was just like, I, I don't know. So you had a gut feeling
1: that he was not a good person, but did did was there anything that was like, ha ha,
0: he is a fucking evil piece of shit, like not not. At that night, oh, okay. and I—I I was the head coach that I worked for was very upset with me. Fast forward to like a year and a half later, he was a male, male coach had had ended up sleeping with multiple players in their team, oh. even though he had a fiance. Oh, uh, he had like created this own his own like little harem slash. Um, faction of the team where he was trying to like recruit them to his side and then get the head coaches fired really and it was like it was a whole thing and they were like huh now we understand why you didn't like him and of course i i had a i mean this this was 18 months later when they thought i was just an asshole for for yeah. not liking this guy but he was terrible that was one where like i i swear some people like the regardless of their tone and I, I just like there's something I see in their eyes where yeah. just, it's like dead. It like reminds me of of like a cat. Yeah, where I'm like I can't tell what the hell is going on in that thing's brain. And it might be nice and want me to pet it, or it might just randomly decide to scratch my eyes out. And that was the feeling I got from. So him. can I ask you? Something? So he was a coach and he was a ginger. That was the last part. Oh, that, <laughs> that, is what,
1: <laughs> that is
0: that is what should have tipped them off in the first Evil place. Evil gingers. Yeah. Um. It, so he was a
1: coach. Assistant uh-huh. coach, and, and he was banging some of these uh uh-huh. athletes. Is how big of the age gap was it? Was it like where it was like, okay, it's within reasonable age gap, or was he like a lot older? And clearly, he's like, kind of because these are college chicks, right? These yeah. are all, all 18 to 22 year olds.
0: 18 to I think, I think the oldest, usually like 18 to 25. I don't know about their team, but you're, you're usually that range, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean. It really doesn't matter about the age gap, to be honest. He no, had, I just think it would have made it worse if he's, like, he was, 50. No, he was, like, early 30s, I think, which okay. still isn't great. Yeah, he was yeah. older than me at that point. But
1: po- you said he's a fiancé, too, so that doesn't, like, you know yeah. what I mean? It doesn't excuse... For sure.
0: No, there's no... Well, first of all, it doesn't excuse it because you're in a position of authority. You're yeah. a coach. You, you don't bang your players, period. Yeah. Full stop. Like, you just don't do it. I mean, uh, second of all, yeah, he had a fiancé. Yeah. Third of all, he was y- using this whole whole thing to, like try to get the, and there was a bunch of other stuff too. I can't remember the whole thing. It was like, like he owed the money and they'd gotten him a condo. I I, can't, I don't remember wow. all the, details. at that point I was like, I told you who's fucked up. Yeah. Leave me out of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just remember, I'm not the one who was a bad person in this. In- let's, let's go back and retroactively revisit that and just remember, I'm not the one who was a terrible for, person for being a dick. I'm just very insightful. <laughs> so the, uh,
1: the i guess the most evil person i've ever met it's kind of hard to say he was evil but he just was definitely not good um let's let's he was a former boss i don't want to say his name but i think if, if i give enough details uh friends and family of mine will know who exactly i'm talking about because they've had some kind of interaction with the guy and you're like oh yeah he was a fucking douchebag let me begin by saying he was one of those kind of like quote-unquote super religious people, but he was a complete, complete, complete hypocrite about it. Like, it was okay for... yeah. Wait, well, hold yeah, on, yeah. hold on. A
0: religious person being hypocritical?
1: Yeah. No. So he went to church all the time, and he claimed he was a which, man of which God. Which
0: denomination? I don't know. I, okay, let's just say Catholic. Sure, continue.
1: probably. He, you know, claimed to be a man of God, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Wait, a
0: Catholic person would be hypocritical? Yeah. No. So, wait, can, can I just... Wait, I'm sorry, I don't want to fuck up your story, but this reminded me there was there was an interview that Bill Burr did with with uh, it was like a, one of those morning shows, uh-huh. and he's got a cartoon I've never seen it, but I think it's called F is for Family, uh-huh. and they're asking him, they're like, they're like like Bill, so don't you think you went a little bit far with some of the religious jokes? And he's like, what, what I don't even know what you're talking about. What do you? I mean, religious like we had maybe like one or two religious themed jokes, and she's like, yeah, that's what, don't you think you went a little bit far with those? And he's like. Don't you think the Catholic Church went a little bit far? <laughs> and they're like, "What? What?" Like you could see them getting so nervous. Yeah. Like, oh, "What are you talking about, Bill?" He's like, "You know what I'm talking about." Like, like just moving those priests around like they were whales at SeaWorld that had killed someone. Yeah. Oh, we're just, <laughs> yeah. Like, you're just watching these people, and it was amazing seeing him roast both the host of the show and the Catholic Church. On morning television yeah. and watching them just squirm in their seats, but get him, Bill Burr. Continue.
1: He's awesome. Um so this former boss of he's like a he was like the manager where I worked. Claimed to be super hyper religious. We had hired a kid to be our um I, like it was my responsibility to kind of help him like train him to be like our shipping receiving guy. Like the guy like opened up boxes that come in and open, you know, put packing slips and I'll, you know, record stuff on the computer thing. So we'd hired him but but um, it wasn't until the, after the fact that we hired him that it was like, oh, the reason this guy hired him is because this young kid impregnated um, the manager's, like, niece. Okay.
0: He, 18. Well, how, how, okay. I was about to say, how young?
1: 18, 19 years old. Okay. Young, young. How you old know? was the niece? S- similar age. They, they were, I think they were both out of high school. I'm, Dang, I'm, I was I'm,
0: really hoping you were going to say the niece was 42. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, get a kid. You do, you do. I'm sorry. Continue.
1: So, uh. So he, so this kid that we had hired knocked up, uh, you know, this manager's niece, and, you know, when you start to kind of work with somebody, they start to open up about personal things, and this kid would tell me like, yeah, it really bothers me that, you know, he got me the job and that's cool, but it bothers me that he's always getting on me about not being married to her and that having a kid out of like, out of wedlock, or is that what it's called when they're not married? Mm-hmm. Okay, having a kid out of wedlock. Is like a, a sin against God. Like, he specifically says, like, a sin against God, and I'm going to hell, and, like, I should really marry her, and blah, 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 blah. Like, he was, like, guilting him. You're a young, dumb kid. You knock up, I mean, not that you want, not that you want to say it's okay to do it, but you're a young, dumb kid. You got a chick pregnant. Like, okay, the marriage thing will come in time. Like, I'm going to be a father, obviously. But this kid would get, like, really down uh, about this. Like, he'd get really, like, 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 almost borderline depressed about how, like, this guy's, he's, like, He's like giving him like he's jabbing him like, oh, I got you this job, but by the way, you're a sinner for not, you know, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So that would that that was just the foundation to this part of the story. Fast forward, like, within a year, this guy's, this manager's son impregnates uh, you know, his high school girl, whatever. Again, same thing. Not married to the chick, knocks her up, right out of school. But when you – so when we would confront this manager about it, we be like, hey, man, so, like, what do you think? You? He's like, oh, it's a blessing from God that we're having this uh, – he, he my, my grandchild is a blessing from God. It's a sign from God. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. When it happened to this other kid knocking up your niece, it was a, you know, it, it, it was a crime. It was a sin. And your son does it, and it's okay? The same fucking thing. The same setup scenario, but it's okay.
0: Well, because monitor, you didn't get go deep enough into it. So his son's penis was dipped in holy water. Mm. So it was actually an instrument of Jesus. Yeah. So that's that's the difference. Yeah. Um. There's there's always a loophole, and it's you just have to you know before you fuck. Yeah. You just have to dip your dick in holy water, and then it's not a sin. Yeah. It's fine, right? How could it be a sin if if it's holy? I guess. I
1: can go on and on about this guy. So whenever it's so another thing is like whenever he was in, when it, like if he had to go to the office to pick up paper paperwork, homework, whatever, go on the computer, go online. The energy of the branch of all the other employees was like, like it was like a huge cloud. Like you could tell the energy. Everyone was sat. No one was smiling. Everyone was like, "Oh fuck, he's here!" Like, like everyone was minding their p's and q's. And not that whenever he was not there. They weren't working hard, or they weren't working, but people were kind of more friendly and polite with each other, and happy, and making jokes, cracking jokes, being being crass and whatever. But when he was there, it was like, oh shit! Like it's someone turned the light off, and just the energy was just sat Like no one, no one, uh, like he, everyone disliked this guy, uh, like to it so bad, so bad. Like just he was, he was just not, um, he was just not a good. Pr- and I'm gonna cap it off with this little bit of tidbit of this guy, okay. So when I was working for this company, and he was my manager, I had a relationship with a gal. It ended poorly, and I was a miserable fucking wreck. I was like, I was hurting bad. And he he was aware, like, it, like oh, shit, Armando's going through some shit. We're going to give him some time, all this stuff. Fast forward, like, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 years or something like that. And, uh, you know, I bump into him, and he's like, so he knew I went through this, like, kind of semi-traumatic little thing 10-15 years later he's like hey whatever happened to that girl that really broke your heart blah 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 I'm like oh so now you want to rehash old memories and make me feel shitty again like oh you're a fucking douche like again he knew what he was doing he knew what he was saying he likes to poke and prod and he gets a little grin it's like like I said I wouldn't say he's evil but he's just not a fucking good human being and I, I think karma finally bit him in the ass last I heard is he got fired from that job after being with them for like 10 15 years got canned and had to take like a huge pay cut and work for a company i used to work like so he he basically started all over again career-wise like he had to you know fucking chew cur chew cud and just eat shit waste of a human being anyone that knows what i'm talking about knows exactly my brother didn't like him my brother
0: hated him hated him I'm not gonna lie though. That story didn't end up being nearly as bad as I thought. Mm -hmm. Because what I thought you're gonna say is after the whole setup that he ended up impregnating like a teenager and had like a secret second family or something. Dude, I would. Because you know that shit happens out there.
1: He's not an attractive guy, and and uh, so I don't see that happening unless he pretends or brags like he's got money. Like I just Mm -hmm. don't see that happening. I don't see that being in his cards. But uh, yeah, anyways, piece of shit person. Let's read some of the answers on Reddit. Yeah, just a couple. Uh, user little spice one writes: My school friend's stepdad. He was violent when uh, even when friends visited her. One time he threatened us all, my friend, his sisters, my mom, with a huge knife. Luckily we were able to leave the apartment unharmed. When she was 14, it came out that he had sexually abused her for two years. That man is a fucking monster, and I hope he'll burn in hell. Bastard is out of jail already, thanks to my country's shitty justice system. Yeah, I think I think in general, pedophiles like. It's one thing to have a kink or a fetish or some fucked up thing in your head that says, Oh, this is what I like. But what I they don't understand is that you're they're like they're, they're a unwilling victim. Like they haven't even had a chance to like know right from wrong, and all of a sudden some older creepy dude just fucking does something to get his jollies off. Like that's not cool. Anyway, user Sandalfleas with three Zs at the end writes What's truly terrifying about this thread is how many people are describing someone they used to love. Wow, it's just kind of a comment that's not really... (laughs) I like this one. User Salvadori Salvadori Dalai Lama writes, My (laughs) ex-wife, I've never met anyone that thrived on conflict like she did. I had to constantly walk on eggshells around her and and be hyper-aware of her moods. It took years of therapy to undo the webs that she spun in my mind. Yeah, some... I don't want to go off on too much of this tangent. Anyway, that's it for Reddit. There's a bunch of other ones that are pretty fucking long answers. I don't want to read for five minutes just to give a response. But anyway, there's a lot of evil people in this world. Don't be an evil douche. And uh, that was it for Reddit. That was it for the wonderful, wonderful world of Reddit.
0: That, I feel like that whole Reddit segment was, was just us complaining. <laughs> like, that's fine. This is this, this is our
1: podcast. We can do whatever the fuck we get want. Get out
0: of the way when I'm running up a hill. And also... Don't bang a lot of teenagers. Yeah. That was, that was, if you were to sum up that entire Reddit segment, that's basically what it it came down to. Don't be a douche. Full Um, stop. We are not going to, but but you know, you know, you know what show has some people who are kind of douches? (laughs) Some people who are like, like kind of good and a lot of gray in between. Uh Do you know what, Mondo? What? Cobra Kai. Cobra Cobra Kai season four. Cobra Kai. So
1: Aaron mentioned that that was his show of the year when we did our degenerates of the year uh awards last episode. But I had not watched the the the, the current season, the fourth season. My uh my thing wasn't my my thing to watch shows wasn't working. Finally got got it to work. Uh binged the entire season 4. Fucking awesome. I agree with Aaron. It's a fucking awesome show. If you've watched the of the first three karate kids Disregard the, the girl Karate Kid one. That one was dumb. That one should have never been made. But if you watch who, the first, who do who, who, who knows? Apparently Hillary Swank is down to come on Cobra Kai. She better fucking not. She better fucking <laughs> not. I, I, I'm seriously people. I would, I would be one of those protest. Like don't do it. Like don't do it. That for that next Karate Kid ruined the franchise. But anyway,
0: Cobra Kai season four, amazing, amazing, funny as fuck. So so first of all, I when I said it was my my show of the year. I was very clear. I'm like, I don't think this is necessarily the best show. This was just the show that I enjoyed watching right. the most, like on a personal level. That My my personal enjoyment of the show was just at a 10 out of 10. Uh-huh. Um, and this is the basic premise. I'll, okay. I'll, and, and I'll give you the premise and sort of catch you up to season four. Right? It, they they looked at the show f- not from the lens of Daniel LaRusso. So if you remember in the original Karate Kid, it's like, Oh, this this kid from Jersey moves to the Valley, uh, you know, in California, and he's getting bullied and doesn't know what to do. And this mystical old Chinese man who knows his sp- sp- uh, special sacred form of karate from Okinawa, Japan, teaches him this very sort of pacifist way of fighting. And he's like kind of like a Buddhist monk. And then he defeats the v- the v- uh, the, uh, the villains and wins the All Valley Karate Tournament, which apparently is a big deal in yeah. like 1980s California. And then and then moves on with his life. And then makes a lot of shitty sequels. That was the the basic premise of the movie, and it was like very very eighties, like yeah. like the typical blonde haired bully villain, and it was very clear this, this these are the good guys, these are the bad guys. There was very a little gray in between, and the writers of the show, I think, because there had been this whole movement of. Johnny Lawrence, who was the bully, was really the protagonist. And Daniel LaRusso, who was, he who was the Karate Kid, he was really the villain. Because if, if you looked at that Karate Kid movie from Johnny's perspective, you're like, oh wait, like he actually never really instigated things. It was more him reacting to Danny LaRusso just being a little annoying shit. Yeah. And like you could see, kind of see from his perspective. So they wrote this uh, Cobra Kai series initially from... Johnny Lawrence's perspective a lot more, where it's like, what what is his life like now? You know, 30 years, or is it 30? Yeah, it's, it's I think, 30 years after The Karate Kid. Yeah. And they envision him. He's kind of grown up to to bounce around, working odd jobs. He's living in a shitty one-bedroom apartment. His life's kind of a wreck. Yeah, And it, it really does have that sort of Game of Thrones spectrum where, like, most people are not completely wrong. They're not completely right. They're somewhere kind of in the middle. And you definitely have characters who are a lot closer to being like the pure evil douchebags that Armando and I discussed in Reddit. <laughs> but and you've got some characters that are definitely really trying their best to be uh, good and altruistic. But even the good characters fuck up. Yeah. So, so the first season really is more from uh, the perspective of, of Johnny and then... It's he actually ends up taking on a, a student and was very much the same dynamic of the original Karate Kid where there's this kid who lives in the same apartment complex you know single mother he's getting bullied and then Johnny teaches him the way of Cobra Kai which is a very aggressive like fight you know strike first stand up for yourself kid gains confidence he, he gets a girlfriend which turns out to be Danny Larusso's daughter oops <laughs> um, <laughs> and like all their stories start to intertwine yeah and then of course Danny Larusso being the annoying little dickhead that he is even still grown up is now doing very well for himself in life but this whole thing of cobra kai is still kind of irks him and when he sees that johnny's opened up uh, a a new uh, cobra kai dojo in a really shitty strip mall like he's like no i have to start my own karate thing johnny has a son who he doesn't have a lot of contact with and hates him which you're like yeah i can see that the son hates the dad. the son the the son hates johnny lawrence right right um johnny was not there for a lot of his childhood. It was kind of like a an absentee father, yeah. and understandably, there's a lot of resentment. And he, the kid, initially starts working for Danny Larusso at his auto dealership just as a way to kind of grift and piss piss off Johnny Lawrence. But then he ends up getting along with with Larusso's, and they like actually take him in to their yeah. household because he doesn't have a place to to stay. Danny Larusso starts teaching him karate, so it's like this whole mix where they they're kind of like recreating this all valley tournament from very different perspectives where it's like Johnny's trying to to help this kid that's getting bullied. And Danny LaRusso is trying to help this, this kid who who doesn't have a stable home, except he doesn't know initially that that it's Johnny's. Yeah. And, and it kind of culminates in like a, a very similar situation to the end of the, the Karate Kid movie where Danny LaRusso is injured and Johnny's evil sensei tells him to sweep the leg that was like one of the, the memes sweep the leg Johnny yeah. because his legs hurt and he's like yeah attack his hurt leg and that plays out in this first season of the show except Johnny Lawrence's student does not do it at his direction he's just sort of like taking in the um, lessons that Johnny's taught him strike hard strike first no mercy and he does it anyway and Johnny Lawrence is like oh no maybe I fucked up but the kids ends up winning that's sort of season one uh, season two it sort of continues where instead of having just one student, Danny LaRusso is, is now trying to, to to build a kind of a stable of students and they've got like warring karate dojos. It's Johnny Lawrence trying to like rein in his kids and be like, yeah, strike hard. Uh, you know what? Going again back to our, our, our Reddit, do not be a douchebag lesson of life. Johnny Lawrence is like, yeah, you can strike hard and strike first, but you don't have to be a fucking douche about it. Like you can win with honor and – not try to injure your opponents and still be sort of the aggressor. there's a lot of back and forth as, as these, these warring karate dojos play out but you you also see uh, Daniel and Johnny interacting a lot more that season yeah. they're, they're like trying to find some common ground the 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 end of the the show in season two culminates with the two of them getting in this massive fight because there, there's one of the antagonists of season two is, is sort of is uh, a girl named Tori who is sort of like the antithesis of, of uh, Daniel LaRusso's daughter, who in season two has uh, joined the dojo and she gets really buddy-buddy with uh, with, with Robbie. See, she, she gets around. Daniel LaRusso's daughter, a little bit promiscuous. She's a little bit of a hoe bag dude. S- season one, she's hooking up with, with Miguel, Johnny Lawrence's student. Season two, they kind of have a falling out because he goes all Cobra Kai, strike up first, strike hard. Season two, she ends up hooking up with Johnny Lawrence's kid. And then there's the the sort of inciting incident that the whole season turns on she she has a a brief hookup at a party with Miguel again and there's this whole this whole thing and it culminates in this massive fight at the school somebody got really really hurt really really badly yeah Miguel Miguel gets his back broken yeah to sort of wrap this up as quickly as I can season three is, is a lot about Miguel trying to recover from this injury right robbie on the run from the law because robbie was actually the one who who broke miguel's back like he he miguel decided to show show mercy uh not be a douchebag and robbie kicks him over banister and, and breaks his back and he's like literally fighting for his life and then ends up trying to relearn how to walk again in season three the last part of season three uh john crease who was the the original like evil founder of cobra kai yeah evil sensei that told johnny lawrence to sweep the leg starts to try to warm his way back into the dojo try he's trying to present himself as a changed man you learn a lot more about his we're getting backstories left and right you get the backstory about john Kreese and like what happened to him and he was actually bullied and his mom killed himself and you're like oh he's kind of sympathetic but he's also a sick twisted evil fuck yeah where you like you understand how it happened Uh, At least it gives him more context, because with all these characters, they keep bringing characters back from Karate Kid movies. The writers do a great job of recontextualizing them, giving some more depth and nuance. It sort of ends with him taking over Cobra Kai, booting Johnny out of the dojo. So Johnny, Johnny, the former star
1: pupil of John Kreese in Cobra Kai, Mm -hmm. opens up his own gym. Uh, Was it the... uh Eagle Fang. Eagle Fang. I was going (laughs) to say Eagle Claw, but it wasn't Eagle Claw. It was Eagle Fang.
0: There's so many parts where this show... Knows it's ridiculous, yeah. and they just lean into it super hard. So it's like it, it, it's great because they also have a, a good grip on the character. Yeah, John uh Johnny Lawrence gets expelled from his dojo by by his former sensei, and he decides that he's going to start his own dojo. and He's like, "Wait, I need something that's more badass than Cobra Kai. Cobras are really badass. Like, what could be more badass than a cobra? An eagle? No, that's not badass enough. An eagle with fangs. And it's like." So now at this point, <laughs> their, their, their logo is this eagle with like literal fangs. It looks like a... I, I, I hope to God like it's canon that John Johnny Lawrence drew that himself. Because- so so now there's three now there's three schools. Now there's the Cobra Kai under the
1: dark tutelage of John Kreese that wants to stay like the like kind of. Offense aggressive. Oh,
0: I mean, he he's he's full Emperor Sith like. Right. Go turn to the dark then, side of the force. Use your aggression, my pupils. Ah.
1: And then you have Johnny Lawrence who st- opens up the Eagle Fang, and he's kind of yeah he still he still has this kind of all the aggression stuff that Cobra Kai taught him, uh-huh. but he's trying to not be as much of a douche, and that's what he's doing with the Eagle Fang. Like he's kind of trying to uh, develop these students into being you know more um, uh, being able to defend themselves, and then you have the
0: the uh, Miyagi Dojo. So you have three schools now at this point. Season three ends with them deciding that they need to team up. The two e- dojos, e- Eagle
1: Claw and Miyagi Do,
0: decided yeah. they got to team up against this really evil Cobra Kai. And that pr- that brings
1: us to season four. So, season four. Yeah, uh, yeah what's happening? What's, what's the general arc of season four, Armando? General arc of season four is uh, Miyagi Do and and why um, can't my Eagle Fang? Eagle Fang. Are trying to now figure out a way to work together so that they can overcome and defeat this evil school, the Cobra Kai, in the All Valley tournament. Like that's where the that's the end game of the season is that they're trying to like figure out a way to work together. Like Johnny Lawrence
0: and and um Yeah, well, they've made this sort of like old west deal where it's it's the losers gonna leave town yes. essentially. If if, if Cobra Fent- Kai win, Kobe, yeah. yeah. Sorry,
1: Cobra Kai wins. Then Eagle Fang and Miyagi Do must close up permanently, and they must never be. They must never teach students uh, fighting ever again. But if if the Eagle Fang slash Miyagi Do wins, then Cobra Kai must shut down its doors forever and never exist again. So it's like like Aaron says, loser leaves town, and so there's a lot of that stuff going on. The show continues to, without giving up too too much away, to play with the whole yin yin and yang thing, like. You know, like the, the girl Tori, there's a little bit of redemption with her and her character in the thing. Even though, like, in the third and second season, you're like, you're a little evil cunt. Season four kind of gives her a little more...
0: Yeah, you find out why she's doing right. it. Like, she, she's got a troubled family life. Like, you can kind of see things again from her perspective. Are you familiar with the term, like, perspective characters in fiction? Probably. Probably not. So, so, so going back to Game of Thrones, you, you said you read the books, right? I've read the first like three or four or whatever. Yeah. Well, so so essentially, like in Game of Thrones, it, it's all third person narration, correct? Like it's yeah. not a person saying, "I did this, I did that." It's it's always speaking about everything in the third person. Right. But certain chapters will be in the third person, but you see it more from a certain character's perspective. Like, they're like a – you're you're, you're, you're seeing the the world through their eyes a little bit more clearly, even though it's not 100% like them narrating everything, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they kind of do the same thing in Cobra Kai where, you know, the first season was really very much from – just Johnny and Miguel's perspective. And then the deeper into it you, you get, the more you see the season through different characters' perspectives. So yeah, like we're starting to see the world through Tori's eyes a little bit.
1: A much wider lens. Um, you get different... Sp- they they introduce another couple new characters here and there throughout the, the, the storyline, the plot line. But essentially the, the end game is they're trying to figure out how to work together to defeat this evil, evil Cobra Kai in season four.
0: And it's a little bit of oil and water, right? Like yeah. Conflicting perspectives. Like, uh, Danny LaRusso is, he's, I was taught that karate is only for defense. And Johnny's got that, like the best defense is a good offense. Yeah. Mentality still. And it's like very difficult for them to find common ground. Right.
1: Uh, so that, that's, that's kind of the, the basic synopsis of season four. Uh, there's so much depth to it, but I think if we start getting into it, we start ruining it and giving a spoiler. So
0: we're not going to, I, I in my mind when I was trying to sum up the first three seasons, I was like I, I at first I thought we you know I was only going to give just a, the, the premise of the show, and then you said well maybe we should catch them up. I was trying to do that as, as fast, quickly yeah. and concisely as well, I could. There's just I'm like, so much going on. There's so many plot threads and twists and turns. I was yeah. like holy crap. I and the same and same with season four. So yeah, yeah, we didn't know I didn't know how complicated the show was. It's hard
1: to describe the season without giving away too much of the twists and turns of the character development for all the people. So, we're just leave it at that, but it was
0: a good season. Aaron, what what would what did you like the most of season 4? I my favorite part was just seeing this evolving relationship between Daniel LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence. Uh-huh. Like, this is the most they've had to interact. Their stories have intersected in other seasons, and it's here it's like the two of them like, how the fuck do we work together? But they but they've got to they've got this common goal uh, you know the the enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of scenario mm-hmm. but, but I'm like but there's also a budding bromance there's the Johnny Lawrence Danny Larusso there's one part where, where, where they're sharing lunch uh, I just remember that cracked me up oh yeah where it's yeah. like it's like. Danny Larusso is really—I forget exactly what it was—but it's like a really like nicely prepared. He's Asian, eating sushi. He's yeah, eating sushi, a- Asian dish, and he's like, you, you know, hands Johnny Lawrence the chopsticks, and Johnny Lawrence is like, and just reaches he him, just grabs it with his hand, and then like Johnny Lawrence like rips off a piece of like his bologna sandwich. And, like, it, <laughs> was like, and, and it was it, so perfect for both the characters. Larusso gets the piece
1: of sandwich, he looks at, him, he's like, uh, he takes a bite of, him, he's like, mm, mm,
0: mm, mm, <laughs> good, good bologna sandwich, oh, and. It, it, it was so it was so funny because t- to me that was a sign of character growth on his part because I remember there there's so many little instances of them like just kind of uh, butting heads and, and I remember earlier in the season Johnny Lawrence tries to do like a spit handshake oh, yeah, he's like to seal a like, deal no. <laughs> he's like yeah I'm not I'm like dude fucking shake his hand just it's yes it's gross afterwards go wash your hands a lot <laughs> yeah but like you dude, shake the man's hand you little pretentious dick. And and then I'm like, oh look, he ate his he his bologna sandwich. Um, I would I would have probably been more scared about ingesting that than shaking his hand. But I felt like it was nice uh, nice character growth.
1: There there was there was a lot of this season that I really really liked. I'm just going to name a couple here. One is there was a character in season one that was a member of the – I forget her name, the character's name. She's kind of a heavier set little gal, and she joins the Cobra Kai. Aisha. Aisha. And they – like I I don't remember if it was season
0: two or season three. She completely disappeared, and they just retconned her, and they were like – Out of the whole show, her parents are – or never appear on screen but they're the most sensible fucking people cuz she's in the show up until season 2 and then after the giant karate brawl where someone is like paralyzed and put in the hospital her parents are like you know what we're, we're going to put you in private school yeah, fuck so, this. so that's how,
1: that's how they explain her disappearance of the character in the in the season what i liked is that in, in season, and season and there was like a I don't know if it was on Reddit or, but there was like a hubbub of a bunch of Cobra Kai fans are like, "Hey, what the fuck happened to this character? She was so cool. You guys just wrote her off." What I liked is that in season four they brought her back for like a scene cameo, kind of cameo, yeah. just to kind of like finally put a stamp and say, "Okay, this we're gonna write her off, but in a kind of more, we're gonna give her give her respect." We're gonna mm-hmm. so that the fans are kind of you know a little more appeased with that. Um, but I have to piggyback what you said about the. The whole, you know, uh, Larusso and and Johnny Lawrence thing. I watched the first three, four episodes, and I I I had to stop myself from texting you, and say how fucking awesome those the episodes were because every time there was a scene that they had to interact, and there's a lot of scenes where they're trying to interact with each other. I very rarely like literally laugh out loud. Like, but watching like the interactions between Joy uh, Lawrence and, and Larusso. I literally laughed at it. like I was like a fucking maniac just on my couch like just fucking like laughing like, ah! I think like I just couldn't believe the shit that the that, that they were doing and I don't want to give away too much of it but if you watch the the first three four episodes you'll you'll understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I really liked about the uh, the season. Um, I also continue to like that they continue to develop the characters and and they're always there's no there's no static black no static white there's no gray, it's like, it's an almost always evolving, moving thing, the yin and yang thing, like, you never know, uh, you know, what's driving a character, and motivates them to do, some of the stupid shit they do, Like and even like, the new character that they've, I don't want to, give too much about the new character, but the new kid they introduce, he starts off as, being picked on, being bullied, plot twist, he, it's almost like he joins the dark side, and he becomes a completely different person, so I like that they kind of,
0: keep doing this, this thing with the characters, well, and and that's actually honestly something I can kind of relate to a little bit because you know I think I said like in middle school I was a smaller kid and I was picked on and bullied uh, never gotten like a massive karate fight but I did have to fight I think one v six and granted it was it was like middle school kids in a schoolyard and you know we, they weren't trained uh, ninjas or anything yeah. but like that stuck with me but when I got a lot bigger and stronger I I you know even even through college like I had such an overreaction. To when I would see someone bu- like that, I perceived as bullying, like it didn't click with me. Like, oh, I'm actually like bigger and stronger and more physically powerful. If I overreact to a bully, then I'm just a bully of bullies. My perception of what they're doing may not always be correct. I might be the douche here, yeah. not the actual bully. And and just just as a, uh, I had a flashback to I, I I called Thunderdome on one of our fraternity <laughs> brothers because we were at a party and he kept. He uh, he kept like nut nut tapping one of our other fraternity brothers who's really drunk, and he was kind of bullying him. And, he, and I'm like, I know, I've asked him twice to stop. Clearly, my only recourse was to go bloody his nose up in the backyard. Yeah, which is what happened. I'm like, yeah, that probably that probably was a overcorrection. What- but like that's the sort of like stuff that I, I'm like, wow, well, that actually happened to me in real life, and it's happening in the show as well.
1: We're running like super duper long, so let's try to uh, finish this up real quick. Yeah. Um, what did you not like of the uh, of the season?
0: Uh, I don't think there's anything I really didn't dislike. So
1: I think I told Aaron this after season three. I kind of knew the the next villain so to speak, that they were going to enter. Like, like, I knew, like, I, mm-hmm. my gut told me they're going to bring this character back from the movies and he's going to be in there and he's a, he's a fucking asshole. They brought him back. What I disliked is, so, like, although the the motivation for this character made kind of sense, it wasn't very realistic to me, like, why someone would continue to be, like, I guess, kind of manipulated by Crease. Anyway, I don't want to give too much away, but like I just it, it explains it the 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 plot explains it, what drives him to to kind of continue to be, like be a little puppy dog to to John Crease, but it just wasn't completely like authentic to me. Like I don't know.
0: Yeah, you know what? I you know I think I agree with that, right? Like his his turn came a little bit too fast and a little right. bit too abrupt, right? Because you kind of you see him as someone who who is maybe found some re- resolution to to uh, some ghosts and skeletons in his yeah. closet and then like he goes from like being like a chill dude with a beach house to being a psychopath Yeah, very very quickly right. and you're like whoa okay uh unless, <laughs> unless this guy was always a complete psycho and he just just, just like flipped his psycho switch so yeah. it doesn't make, make sense again in the the world of cobra kai it's like no one is supposed to be completely bad or completely evil so this abrupt turn yeah, you're right. That probably didn't feel completely earned, but they needed they needed a new big bag. Yeah, yeah. That was sort of the problem they ran into. Did you have a favorite scene at all? Yeah. So here's this is going to be a spoiler. I, again, my my favorite moments were when uh, Johnny and and Daniel were interacting. So, like the thing that pops into my mind at first was Johnny takes takes uh, Danny Lucio to a hockey game, mm-hmm. and it it looked like it was like maybe like you know minor league hockey or something like that. Johnny is just provoking the hockey players uh-huh. and and essentially goads one of them into picking a fight with with uh Larusso and it and it's <laughs> and like after the game like a bunch of these these hockey players who are pissed off cuz Johnny got them uh, penalties like jumped Danny uh Danny Larusso and Johnny's just like fucking gone there's a, a whole whole fight scene with the hockey players yeah. and the part where I, I was I was laughing I know what you're saying is at the, yeah at the at the end of the fight Danny's like, where 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 were you? And and one of the things (laughs) that uh, LaRusso would try to teach Johnny Lawrence about his his uh, defense was was just like the best way to to uh, win a fight is not not to be in the fight. And And, and he's like, where were you? He's like, he's like, hey, don't be there. That's what you told me.
1: That was (laughs) a good touche, Johnny Lawrence. Touche. My favorite. It's not really a specific scene, but my favorite part of this season is the just kind of the finale, the tournament stuff, and how. You're like, wait a minute! They introduced all these kind of major characters, and 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 now they're now most of them are in this karate tournament. There's mm-hmm. the there's a female tournament, and then there's a male tournament. And you're like, wait, they can't all win. Like, I I like all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, I like I like all of them a little bit. Uh, I dislike some things about some of them a little bit. But how it played out, how the whole tournament played out, you're like kind of you find yourself kind of rooting for one and, and but not really cuz you kind of want this other character to redeem themselves and so it's uh, that that whole tournament thing like really I
0: was like oh this is fucking awesome I just love that to your point i think one of the things they did great in the tournament scenario was you might really want your favorite character to win but who won and who lost really is what best served the, their individual character arcs, right? right? Like, mm-hmm. one character, like, he really needed to win to see, oh, I can still be successful without hiding behind, like, a douchebag persona. Right, right, Like, right. I can be myself and still win this tournament? Like, that's cool. Another t- character kind of had to lose to say, oh, maybe the path I was on was the wrong one. Right. This this loss is a little bit of an eye-opener, and yeah. that sends him in a different direction. Without fail, except for maybe t- Terry Silver, they're very good about using the action to also drive the characters yeah. it's just a completely character based show and yeah it's like you you root for all these fuckers except for you know what you know there's one character who i when i thought about him, like this is the worst dude in the whole show there i don't see any redeeming qualities about him who Fuck, what was it i think his name's kyler which one is that he he he's the like uh, an asian bully oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like what what is what, <laughs> what is the upside of that guy yeah he's like He's just a bully. He's a douchebag. He's not that smart. Like he, he's the one. Yeah, he's the one that didn't
1: do like the kind of dark light kind of. No, he's just a douche. He's just, which is fine because then he serves a purpose to be like the consistent dude, like yeah. the consistent bully. Well,
0: you and know? you know what? As we learned again back in a re- some pe- our Reddit segment, some people are just douches. Yeah, that was that was Cobra Man. We got we got so, yeah, deep dive Cobra in Cobra Kai, Cobra season, Kai season
1: four. Very good season. Again, if you have appreciated the 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 Karate Kid original trilogy. And and I'm by now. If you've already seen Cobra Kai first three seasons, like this this fourth one was just gonna be like, it's gonna continue to kind of like I just love love the whole way that going with this. There's gonna be a season five, a a, a bunch of awesome cliffhangers where you're like, oh fuck, this show's gonna be fucking cool in season five. They do the same thing. They they magically they've been able to kind of leave teasers and even in between episodes, they did a fantastic job in the season where like. The the first episodes getting uh, to the point where it's about to wrap up and you're like oh shit I can't wait to watch episode two and the same thing with two to three three to four you're like it just has that that draw
0: cliffhanger on, on cliffhangers yeah. on cliffhangers and
1: so season five should be pretty cool they got some where the directions
0: of these characters are going is going to be pretty pretty cool to watch and apparently Stephen Wonderboy Thompson of UFC fame and Tyron Woodley are getting knocked out by Jake Paul. Fame,
1: yeah, are are going to be in season five. That'll be cool to watch. That was it for new on Netflix, The Cobra Kai season four. Did you have anything else to say for the f- just to wrap up the episode? You, you
0: know? know what? Uh, the, uh, I think I I used up my extra speaking time <laughs> trying to. I really was trying to get through that as quick yeah. as possible. I, it was I, hard. I, I, yeah, I was midway through it. I'm like, fuck! I wish I just had not tried to yeah. summarize all these. So well, I'll just I'll just shut the fuck up. Right now um i just want
1: to add that today my chargers are playing here in a couple hours and if they win they're in if they lose they're out that's why i'm wearing all my chargers gear so go chargers i don't have anything else to say we appreciate you guys watching us and if you you know if you're watching this on uh, youtube know that whenever we go live usually around two to three <laughs> i say two to three because we never know when actually to go live but between two and three is when we start streaming on youtube you can catch us live on YouTube and we're going to eventually add Twitch to that as well. Um, know that you can actually interact with us on the YouTube uh, live chat and I'll, and I'll be the one typing away and saying hi to you guys. Um, hi, mom. <laughs> she's, she's watching. Um, but for the rest of you guys, just feel free to drop a, a note, a line, talk shit to us while we're recording. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We will catch you guys next week. Uh, bye. Peace out.